This week, the family's talking NWO, brother. Hi, I'm Will. I'm Taylor. Kevin Rogue. And Al. And we have another family discussion for you guys. Uh, it's NWO week, right, Taylor? Taylor? Yeah, it is. Everyone? Also, it's uh, National Hot Dog Day and Lasagna Appreciation Week a month. So uh, keep that in mind, too. We got a lot of uh, things going on this month. Well, now that that curveball has been thrown at me, I think we should just talk about lasagna for the next hour <laughs> instead of the NWO. Well, I just want to talk about Garfield. He's uh, lasagna's biggest fan. <sighs> Man, watching that Garfield and Friends mm-hmm. every, every weekday afternoon, just throwing it down. My nickname as a kid was Odie, so I'm very familiar with the Garfield and Friends. Yeah, I'm out of this one. Too old for you? No. Fuck that guy. What did Mondays ever do to him? Uh, dude, Mondays He's a cat. Ass. <laughs> but he's a cat. He has no responsibility. All he does is fucking ruin Jerry's life. Is it Jerry? It's Jerry now. Jerry? I don't think his John? name's Jerry. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's Jerry. I don't know. I could be wrong, but it's been a while. It's, I like yeah, the... John. Uh, anybody else well, like the live... John, then. I don't give a shit about him. Maybe he should... Oh, you're coming in a little hot here, brother. We, we just started. We just started. You're you're coming in way up here. I'm going to need you to come back down here, man. And also, in the live action here. movie, Jerry... I just called him Jerry. His Fuck. name's Jerry. John, <laughs> John, John got with the most beautiful woman in the world in uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, so well, that's... I'm all on John's board. John's that's... a good guy to me you know well so that's not my problem with jerry my problem with jerry is he neglects his cat and then his cat because it's neglected hates mondays and steals all of jerry's no he's not neglected he's a lazy sack of shit that's why it's funny that's why everybody understands him because we're all lazy sacks of shit in this world who's the lazy sack of shit me no the cat he lays around and steals all the real food and won't eat any of the cat food is that being lazy or is that just the life of a cat I don't know. I've never had a cat. Do you have my... like a cat that works construction on the fucking daytime? Like every cat I've ever owned yells, sleeps, and eats. They don't steal my food though. My real life human food. Man. I've never put out a pizza on the counter and came back and be like, "You fucker." That's my dog. My dog will <laughs> eat anything. I once uh, had some like chicken thighs. Right? I think we talked about this actually on the podcast where they went bad and I threw them out. My dog ate them out of the trash. Whole chicken thighs with the bone, and they were bad. And nah, went to town. Shit, went to there's town. The, you're gonna find a shit chicken carcass in your backyard. This was like over a month ago now, so now I'm kind of concerned. Like, is she just fucking like invincible? Can she eat anything? Hell yeah. Am I we wasting should... money on dog food? You should and try it. Out, I should be bro. giving her Just start throwing food. her cheese and all kinds of random shit. And see what her farts smell like. What? Just wait around for the dog to fart for science in the name of science? I think that I don't know. I'm a fan of fart science. What was our topic again today, guys? Well, oh, yeah. no, no. <laughs> is it is it NWO month or is it NWO week? It is NWO week, and we're at the very tail end of it. I okay. want to ask. Well, actually, by the time this is released, NWO week's over. It's but anyway, okay. who declared it NWO week? Did Paul Hulk- Hogan. Okay. It's so is this no, a I made real holiday? Up. It's not I, really, just... I made that up. It's not. <laughs> no, it's just it's the uh, it's the week that the NWO formed. Oh, I thought Hulk Hogan did it. I read that on Wikipedia. No, the WWE has been pumping it. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a real life thing out there. Well, the first problem here, Taylor's getting his facts from Wikipedia. <laughs> 
I don't know any other search onions or anywhere to find facts that search except for onions. Wikipedia. I thought you said search onions, and I'd never heard I did of a search too. onion before. No, I'm into a search onion. I'm going to pull up an onion of a I'm going to pull up a picture of a search onion right now. Let me go ahead and just pull up an onion here. So Taylor, give us the topic then, man. So, uh, so what we're going to do is we're basically going to um, talk about our favorite NWO member, our least favorite NWO member, and uh, what was the other one? How the uh, what you think the group with the starting of the end of NWO was? Is that correct? Anybody else? Well, one of the things that I wanted to discuss, and I don't know if it's a an urban legend or what, but when the NWO was first forming. Originally, the third man was supposed to have been Bulldog. <laughs> and how they came to Hogan with this, and we're going to form this heel faction. And they said, as he's sitting there hearing the pitch, he's like rubbing his mustache, you know, hmm. And, you know, where, how about this, brother? And then where, where, the- where did you hear this? I've never heard this Bulldog, uh, this, this, this rumor. It sounds like a. It sounds like a really, really bad one. Where, where, uh, where did you pick that? It was up? on one of the wrestling podcasts that they talked about that originally Bulldog's contract was coming up. They wanted him in WCW, and they wanted former WWF guys to be right. this NWO faction. And when Bischoff was talking with Hogan about this, that you know Hogan's like, "Well, how about this?" and put yeah, himself. I actually think I've heard that too, if I'm being honest. So yeah, Alex, that's Parker. the first time I've I've heard that. Everything that uh, everything that I've heard or watched as far as documentaries or you know just NWO topics, it was always they wanted Sting to be that that third guy. Also, and Sting Sting wouldn't yeah. Sting wouldn't do it. Sting wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. And Hogan didn't necessarily wasn't necessarily sold at first either. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of. He saw he saw that money train going, as as uh, Kevin Nash said, and and he needed to hop on. Well, mm-hmm. I was gonna say too. You see uh, where that landed Sting. You know, he never joined the NWO. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you also got to understand that they they even had, went to the lengths of making a fake Sting in Japan to cover up for it because they needed wanted him so bad. We'll just make a fake one. You know what that I mean? happened with a couple people. There was like fake gimmicks, basically. I. I have a weird thought about NWO, and I think that I'm going to get myself crucified for saying it, and that's okay. I don't mind. I'll, I'll go get, it. get up on the cross. So, is there? Did this improve anybody's career? Like, I know that it was cool. Don't get me wrong, but was there a single wrestler that was in the NWO that improved their career dramatically? Because I was Bischoff. maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I was thinking, looking through the list though, and I'm like, okay, so we have Hulk. Hulk obviously didn't do much better than he'd already done. He was already Hulk. You know what I mean? Like, Buff Bagwell was already Buff Bagwell, and it ended up being the end of the line. You know what I mean? Like, Stevie Ray didn't do anything for him. Like, everybody I was going through the list, I'm like, this didn't help anybody. Well, you also I, have to uh... remember when Stevie Ray was in NWO. So I'll say, as far as like the main members of NWO, like there was not really any going higher for Hulk. That's a valid point, but it definitely put Scott and Kevin on the map. But even the the yeah. B-sides, and they were already the outsiders. They were already champions but, without it. You know what I mean? No, if the they, outsiders is NWO. So that's what you're missing. The N, the outsiders is like the original version. And so that's how they brought them in. And then they didn't become NWO until Hulk joined. Oh, okay, okay. So, am was... I correct, Kevin? And now, please don't crucify yes. me. So, in that, yeah, yeah, no, that's that, that's accurate. And and I do have. Uh, but he was already Razor a... Ramon, so that was already a peak for Scott Hall. But you know they, what I mean? But he was a mid Carter. 
Is I Ray don't uh, mid Carter. I don't think he was. He was a mid. I mean, he, upper mid Carter. He he had made events some some uh, some pay per views to that that point in the in the WWF. But I think that you can certainly make the claim that it actually did uh, a lot for Hall, Nash, Hogan. Uh, the other one that comes to mind right away is Scott Steiner. So without the him turning on Rick and joining the NWO, I don't think that his character ever evolves into Big Papa Pump or, or any of those things. So I think that a case can be made uh, for Hulk, uh, Nash, Hall, and Scott Steiner. I would also throw the Giant in there because nobody had eyes on the Giant really until... That's NWO. the one. That's the one for me that I might think maybe had the biggest influence on his career because you're right. I mean, where does he go if he doesn't have that little little part for him? You know what I mean? Well, he was already, I mean, he yeah. debuted in a main event. Yeah, he was the champion when the NWO yeah. was formed. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I know, but I really, I think. But it added development. No, no, I, I think it cemented him. That's where I was going with it because it's like he not only was a champion, but then when he comes to the NWO, he is like, you really see what he can do. You know what I mean? Because when he was a champion in WCW, that was kind of like a rocket strap to him. When he went into NWO, at least in my perspective, that's really when you got, hey, he is uh, versatile, I think is a good way to put it. So you're talking more from like a character standpoint. Exactly. You're exactly. able to talk a little bit more. And I, can, I can buy yeah. that, yeah. And in the aspect of like Kevin Nash, I don't know, I might like, I might like this Kevin Nash, uh, Shawn Michaels a little bit more. You know what I mean? I might like Diesel... A little bit more by himself. I don't think that this is that necessary for Kevin Nash in my eyes. You know what I mean? And obviously I'm going to go Razor Ramon because it's Razor Ramon. You know what I mean? Like, I think a good way to put it in my mind, it's like Cody Rhodes in WWE. Cody Rhodes was fine in WWE. I mean, he was mid-carding. He was running in the title picture and everything like that. But it wasn't until you see him go to the indies and you know start AEW where he realizes his full potential and I really think that's kind of for them it's a once they joined the NWO they were able to realize not necessarily their full potential but more than they were uh, acclimated for in their WWE runs at least so that's my perspective I also want to put out that I'm not saying that it was bad because this was all a lot of the early shit was like damn this is fucking awesome and I still have an NWO shirt at the house like it's not like I'm saying this sucked why did they do it I'm just saying I want to know if this really pushed anyone to being way better than they were. And I got my answer. The Giants a good example. So that makes sense. Radio silence. silence. <laughs> <laughs> so Taylor, who is your, I mean, you want to tell, you want to get into some of your, your favorite, your favorite NWO members? Well, it's not going to come as a surprise. Uh, Major bag alert. <laughs> Buff Bagwell, baby. Yeah, let's go. Hit him with the stuff. Bum, 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 bum. Ow! All right, I'm done. <laughs> um, yeah, Buff Bagwell, dude. Uh, he is the shit, and everybody else is just watching. Uh, I really enjoyed his uh, Japanese NWO run where he was uh, vicious and delicious with uh, Scott Norton. Scott Norton, now. <laughs> now, see, and I think that, Buff Bagwell, that would be a good because you you love Buff Bagwell no matter what. But I think that's probably also a good example of of somebody who once he joined the the NWO, elevated again. Yeah, you know I think sure. that that also is a good uh, that's a good because I don't know if he is not in the NWO if he ever reaches any more heights than than he had already reached at that point. It really did push him. You're right. It did, it did give him a little bit of a boost and he needed it. But I mean, he already was established as Marcus Alexander Bagwell. And you know what I mean? Buff is the stuff too. So I don't know that he didn't already reach those 
places before. Maybe he was on the decline because of some things that he was doing on his own personal time. But you know what I mean? It's just, it's an iffy thing to think about, but man, I, I really do love the cheesiness of the era for him. You know what I mean? Like, so if we remove buff, right. Cause it's, that's almost like saying if the heavenly bodies were in the NWO, Kevin, who's your favorite NWO member. So if we pull buff out of the equation, Who's who's your go to? Who's your favorite NWO? I uh, I adore Kevin Nash all the way through all of it, like from the beginning to the end. Like there's never a moment where I'm like, oh, man, like there's a moment for Scott Hall where I'm like, I really hate watching you like this. You know what I mean? There's never a moment in Kevin Nash's career where I'm like, oh, you shouldn't be here, even when he shouldn't have been there. You know what I mean? Like with the CM Punk stuff, even then I was like, I'm glad you're here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I was never upset. So I guess my go-to, aside from the obvious choice, would be Kevin Nash because I just love Kevin Nash. I can't help gotcha. myself. Gotcha. I understand that. I understand that. What the are you? Sex executioner. What are you? Uh, what are you swinging over there, Al? As far as a favorite member, yeah. I mean, it's really hard to go past Hollywood with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that was that coming. was such a memorable. Like watching it that night and seeing him turn, watching the Nitro the next night, and mm-hmm. this is like this can't be happening, right? So, like, so you watch that pay per view live? Yes. Oh, that's yes. fantastic! I did not, I did not watch that one live. The first that I heard about it was actually on my evening news. My evening local news covered it like it was a real news story, and it, it blew me away as a as a kid. Didn't mean to cut you off though, but that's oh, yeah. that's that's incredible. You you got to watch it live there. It was a real news story, Kevin. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> also, what else was going on in the world? I mean, come on. <laughs> but I mean, Hogan would be my favorite. I'm a Macho Man Randy Savage Mark from way back. Uh, but I mean, ultimately, it it would be Hogan that would be my favorite guy of the NWO, just because it revitalized him in his career. Because the the face Hogan the Red and yellow was really starting to get stale. Like people were turning on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they played around with his outfit. You know, he was coming out in like black jeans and a black like sleeveless shirt at times. You know, mm-hmm. to wrestle and do spots because they didn't know what to do with him to get the market that they were trying to reach at that time. And it's like, how do we pump this in? Because we have so much money mm-hmm. in Hogan. You know, how do we? revitalize this so they really did like it boosted his career the one thing i will say was that when hogan became the third guy he kind of took over yes they had intended for i think hall and nash to have much larger roles and much and not say not to diminish anything that they did but like when hogan was your guy hogan is the guy right so and especially when when it's the it's the biggest heel turn in the history of professional wrestling so there was no i don't think that there was going to be a way where they could been like well hogan's going to turn but you guys are Mm -hmm. still going to be the two you know it was and i don't think that they played second fiddle in any and in any way when when they had those three there i think that it was just like like you say with hogan being hogan and then having that heel turn there was no that's 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 going to be the cake brother yeah Something major actually did happen on that day. Columbia 20 landed. News. <laughs> okay. You know what I love about that is, is, is the finger point. 
That's a, a, a visual medium joke that he just threw in an audio medium podcast. That's my favorite thing in the world. That was, that was great. I love it. I love it, Will. Point. Will, what uh, does... Uh, also, Ludopold Michael Whittlebach died. <laughs> the duke of bavaria died that day too damn he made bavarian cream donuts yeah sure i don't yeah, know him, I, him I, personally that's a wikipedia job. fact right there so were you about to ask me uh kev so I, I was i was wait wait before we get off the of hulk can i say something real quick i wasn't so, done with hulk oh go I ahead saying. i thought you were going into your favorites my bad shoot well, that's included but say what you're gonna say so i was gonna say like those certain marquee moments in wrestling even like transcend wrestling in the aspect of news or like now even that's still a meme right now of hulk hogan spray painting the trailer you know what i mean it's still happening so it's not a thing that's gone away you know what i mean over time like a lot of things you you seem to forget or you like oh i remember this but you can't forget that because it's everywhere it's one of the biggest things that ever happened in wrestling and transcended life you know what i mean well i will say for me um despite my feelings on hulk hogan and i'll leave it at that NWO Hulk Hogan was my favorite era of Hulk Hogan. Now going forward with my favorite member, I got one for you. You guys forgot the most important member of NWO, Shawn Michaels. Oh, geez. For a week? <laughs> oh, man. That is... Uh, all right, all right, all right. Let's be, let's be serious now. <laughs> Bret Hart. That's uh, that's okay. worse. Is that worse? <laughs> it actually is if you know the, the know the story behind Bret Hart in NWO 2000. I don't even think he's credited as an NWO member. Like so he is. He is. He is. So he, oh, he is. But at that point, once he had become an NWO member, Bret Hart shouldn't have been fucking wrestling. Like legitimately, his career ended very shortly after that, and he was walking around fucking dying on the inside. Like he was majorly concussed and it wasn't diagnosed and he like if you read his book or anything like that he's like yeah i was every day i would wake up cloudy head miserable dizzy like i and i was just telling myself it was i was okay and he was not okay so and then in, in more ways than you ever know bill goldberg really killed the nwo uh that mm -hmm. that kick that put bret hart pretty much ended bret hart's career uh, yep. And he even, he even writes, I believe, I believe it's in his book that he tells Bill Goldberg before the match, he goes, whatever you do out there, Bill, just don't hurt me. Yep. And he, he kicked him square in the jaw. Uh, outside of that, Bill Goldberg was supposed to be like the baby face that was going to, you know, we had the, the heel factory that, that always works. And then he was going to be the baby face. Well, Bill Goldberg decides not to use a baseball bat to crush a lim limousine window and rips up tendons in his arm and they no longer have their baby face to go up against the, you know, that NWO 2000, I think they called it mm -hmm. or NWO. They might even call it NWO elite. I don't remember for sure, but that that's gone now. So it, in so many ways, Bill Goldberg really crushed that whole thing. Well, and then more insight to that, like if you go and know, if you've read that Bret Hart book, Bret Hart talks about that too. And he was like, I can't even believe I drove that car. He's like, I was in, absolute autopilot and to think looking back on it i was getting behind the wheel of that car and i could have very easily died at any single moment and then he talks about coming back in because it was a scripted segment and then seeing for the first time like bill goldberg i think he said he was crying i don't want to like don't take that for fat but he it was the first time that he ever saw like bill goldberg the man he was like in a moment of weakness i is the way i'll put it 
Because I, I don't know if he was crying or not, but if I remember correctly, he did say he was crying, which is fucking hilarious that Bill Goldberg, you know, did something dumb and then paid the price. Weird. Oh, and he, he works stiff? Weird. Oh, he also, he's a great actor, though. That movie I watched last week, phenomenal, dude. Go big. Don't Goldberg. talk to me until you watch it all the way, too. I already seen it. That's the unfortunate part is I've seen it in the past. I used to run Jingle all the way too on HBO every week. The fact that you went out of your way to actually watch it. Though. Oh, it was just on. It was like one of those things where it's on. You're like, you know, I really love the first one. How bad could the second one be? Larry the Cable Guy. Crap. <laughs> but no love for Santino? I didn't even know what that was him until you two told me. I had no clue. I didn't even like wrestling when I watched it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Taylor! I hate you. So I guess I guess uh, my my favorite is kind of interesting because there were I was a big obviously big Hulk Hogan guy still still I'm a big Hulk Hogan guy, but that turn it hurt me on so many levels. Like the the character was stale, and and I was I was certainly at that point in my life not not cheering him as loudly and with as much vigor as I did at one point in my life, but still that heel turn, it just, it hurt me, man. I mean, that was a, that might be one of the very few like actual stomach turn moments for me in watching wrestling. When that heel turn happened, it was, it was, it was devastating. It was just, it was so strange, Uh, but I can't wait till we get the next one. I like, Scott Scott Hall I've always enjoyed and when he came out and he did like the surveys and and I think that his his ring work was really good in WCW as well I think my favorite member and he was the first one right mm-hmm. he was the first yeah. one that walked walked down the walked down through the audience and that they did so many things so right in that the whole setup mm-hmm. of the MWO do you know that they were going to have him walk down the aisle to begin with have you ever heard this story no, the uh, he was going to walk down the aisle, and it was actually Larry Zabisco's idea to have him walk through the crowd. And he was like, "You can't walk through. You walk through the back. You're coming out of our, you know, our locker rooms, out of our backstage. You you got to go through the. It was, I mean, everything was just beautiful. So I think probably Scott Hall, but I also had a really really soft spot for Conan. And all right, he, all right, uh, all right. Yeah, like I really I liked him. I liked his ring work before he joined up with the NWO, even back to like, he used to have this like kind of a strange mask that he would wear and, and his, he had this little bit more flashy uh, tights and all that, but he looked I like liked, Bible man back then. Yeah. Oh yeah, I absolutely did. Uh, <laughs> I liked, uh, I like Conan, man. Those, those were two of my definite favorites from the NWO. That's an you interesting like, pick. I'm interesting as pick. I was going to say, you would like the Hulk Hogan of Mexico, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Conan was essentially yes, he was. Hogan. Yes, yes. <laughs> you got me cracking the fuck up, Al. <laughs> yeah, All right. I mean, Conan had movies. He had. I mean, he had. He will. He. It's a spot on, man. He was. He was definitely mm-hmm. the, definitely the the Hogan of Mexico. So, and, all right. So now we're gonna circle back and go with our these favorite members of NWO. Correct, Mundo. Yeah. Fire him up. I uh, 
I would, uh, I have a couple, but I would start with Stevie Ray. I don't really like him anyway. Well, thanks, Taylor, for taking the wrong spot because you started it off. So I thought were... I was first. So I have to win again. Are we going backwards? Is it like a draft? Yeah. I said so oh, far. it's a snake draft? Well, I'll use another one oh, then. I got another oh, one. Oh, shit. No, you no. go ahead, Taylor. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Oh, damn shit. it. None of y'all are prepared today. And then <laughs> Kevin, of course, is being sassy in the chat earlier. You guys ready? He's not even yeah. ready. Come on. Yeah. We're, um, we're 45 minutes into this, Kevin. Yeah, gonna, Taylor, get your shit together. I'm going to take this. That's we're yelling at, right? It's Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's who we're yelling at. I'm going to take Stevie Ray. Uh, I liked him in Harlem Heat a lot. I think it was because of Booker T. Uh, I don't really feel like him is uh, by himself. You know what I mean? Not necessarily by himself, but as somebody that stands alone is for me. Um, and that's just me personally. I don't really like him in the ring at all uh, as a whole. So, I mean, that's just a personal thing. It's nothing too much against Stevie Ray. I just don't like him that much. I never really did. And I don't really know why he was in there. There's a hundred people you could pick for this because they started throwing people in like they were uh, apples into a bag <laughs> towards the end of NWO. And uh, it just seemed like everybody that they threw in is like, oh, that's gross. Why are you in this? You know what I mean? Like you don't shouldn't be in here at all. You know what I mean? But uh, for me, it's Stevie Ray. I, I, I got to I got to give the the bad side to Stevie Ray on this one. And I'll go ahead and shoot it to somebody else on that end. Go, go ahead, Al. What do you, uh, who did you so, hate in the NWL? I have a picture of all these members up in front of me, and I'm just looking. I'm like, uh, where it turns south, this will be, might be spicy with some of you. Six is my least favorite member of the NWO. The more and more and more I learn about X Pac, the more I hate him as a person. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's a skunk hey, bag. He's, he's a skunk he's, bag. Skunk bag. Used to be. He's turned a lot of shit around in his life. And then he is your least. Mm-hmm. But I, I could have, I mean, I could have picked David Flair or Oh, don't I'm list the whole list. Like I don't do it. Don't do it. Same <laughs> up for Will. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, you if Al thought he was gonna piss people off with his answer, oh wait till you hear mine. Yeah. You're gonna love but, it. I mean, six, he was Holland Nash's boy. They had nothing planned for him other than that role. And he, he was just a flunky. Like I liked him better as X-Pac than six for sure. So I can agree uh, with that as wow. well. Yeah. Wow. Don't get me wrong, Kevin. I like X-Pac to a degree. And I really liked him until about a month and a half ago because I heard a bunch of things. And then I like did a bunch of research and I was like, all right, I should stop researching before I just, I'm good. So yeah, I tried to I tried to retain a little bit of love and respect for him. Just know that. Guy. Yeah, he's got he's got a he's got he's got some he's got he's, some bad skeletons. He's got some bad skeletons in his closet, but he, he is uh, he's doing the right things now, and and I appreciate that about him. I still can't get over his fucking cameos in WWE 2K20 though. He says the most ridiculous shit in that video game. Just gonna put that out there. <laughs> well, what what uh, what do you? I mean, I'm still gonna. I'm going to take a moment to recover from Al's pick because I'm sorely disappointed in a man that I once called a friend. Oh, if you're trying to... (laughs) Oh, if you're trying to throw the ball to me, Kevin, you don't want to do that because you're going to want to end the call after this. So you might want to give us your answer. So I'm assuming he's going to pick Hulk Hogan at this point. (laughs) So my, my least favorite... So it's, it's kind of hard because you don't... It's easy to say like, the nasty boys, right? But nobody remembers the nasty boys in the NWO. They were it's in NWO. To... Yeah. yeah. Holy shit! The uh, sag sags was my guy. Did you even do a 
research or did you pretend like you did? I did a little bit of research, but I don't remember all of it. God, what do you think? I am a steel trap. I don't got all day here. I just did a little bit of research. Calm so, down. So it didn't like that doesn't seem fair to be like the nasties. I think their run in the NWO might have been only two weeks. It was very short. So it's hard to be like, it does that count as who would be my least favorite? Because he wasn't there for a long time. Uh, this my... man just crucified me for a two-week NWO run. <laughs> Get out of here! Oh. They're still there, though. <laughs> in yeah, the NWO, yeah. they're still there, just hanging around. When's the next episode, guys? Oh, that show ended 20 years ago. Oh, okay, we'll be next week. I'll see you. Yeah, they're just coming back every week like, oh, no, we won't need you this week. All right, I'll be, I'll be back. They're like <laughs> Milton from Office Space. They just keep coming to work. They're I like, mean, all right, we're going to move you downstairs today. They live in Florida. It's only about a 16-hour round I, trip. I know those guys do because I saw this guy with a signed Nasty Boys belt the other day, and he was selling it pretty cheap. I was like, why are you selling that so cheap? And he's like, oh, I know them. They, uh, I buy them alcohol, and they get me uh, free autographed stuff. And I'm like, oh, cool. I want to oh, point God. out that Taylor said the other day. He told me that story over a year ago. Oh, <laughs> so I think that my my least favorite would would probably end up being like the I never liked the the fake sting. I was never a fan of that. I didn't I didn't like the oh. I didn't like the I didn't like the gimmick. It didn't it didn't bring it didn't bring anything to me. So he's he's pretty high up on he's pretty high up on on my list. I understand Al's pick of of six here and there, but I think Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase for me didn't make a lot of sense because you're bringing him in as a manager, and I could understand that, but he was used best as a manager as a mouthpiece for for guys that necessarily couldn't talk. So to bring him in to be a manager for this monster heel stable full of guys that can all talk, that made damn no sense to me. So I would I would probably say my least favorite would be Ted DiBiase. Well, first and foremost, throw some fucking respect on Super J's name. That's all I got to say. Did you know that Super J was trained by Ole Anderson and Blackjack Mulligan? Who knew? Fun, what a badass, did, right? Did you just say Ole Anderson? Yes. Right. I have okay. an accent. It's an accent. Okay. It's an accent. God, Will is just killing me today. He's just got an accent. He's just beating me over the head at every turn. Ol- I don't know if you can blame your accent on that one, though, Taylor. I can. It's worse. Ol- it's Oli. All you have to do is add the E. No, it's because I said that, but then the E guy, I got a dry mouth here. You know what I mean? From all the, uh, from all the, uh, I've been eating eating cornbread all day and I've got a dry (laughs) mouth from the cornbread. So that's what's going on is I was trying to say, holy, but it came out. Oh, you you sure you got a dry mouth from the cornbread or do you have a dry mouth from all the excuses you have? Well, that's part of the having a dry mouth. I've been talking to my wife all day and I just can't, you know, and I'm just like, look, honey, I didn't do it because of this, this and this. And then I eat another piece of corn. Brandon. And then you ta- you're, you start talking about Ole Anderson. The Ole Anderson, yeah. See, you did it that time on accent or on purpose, but now I'm going to crucify like you wasn't on purpose because I did it too. Now I have an excuse. Bam, it was on purpose. Woo. You wasn't on purpose. You wasn't on purpose. And I want to just point out, originally, he tried to blame it on his accent and then said it perfectly fine I with just, the same accent. I'm going to go ahead and yeah. make you do a country accent from now on. Like, that was the best thing. You just accidentally did a country accent. Now I just want you to do it all the time. Be like, oh, old Anderson. So do you guys want to hear my pick? 
Yeah, I would love to. Every single fucking member after Hulk Hogan. Wow. Huh. Okay. All right. We're not even mad about that. I was expecting <laughs> yes. to be angry. I'm not yes. even mad about that. Except for Buff Bagwell got roped nope. into that, so fuck off. But you know what I mean. They, Interesting. It, it went from being a really successful tag team to being a vehicle for lazy booking. 100%. And, 100%. Uh, and it, I more so think all of the booking was more so for Eric Bischoff's ego than it was for success because the NWO put WCW on the map and it slowly but surely killed WCW as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Do you think that it killed WCW or yes. do you think a bunch of different things happening, like people getting injured here or there, killing storylines and them not knowing how to fix it the right way and then fixing it with NWO? Yeah, no, I'll answer that right now. So yeah, it did because it got real stale real quick and then they needed something else to lighten up product because at the, that point, NWO was the only thing that they could produce for so many years. And then they bring Vince Russo in and we all know how that ended. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just uh, adds some shit to the rainstorm, I guess. Yep. So, well, the and that was the thing that whenever I sent the question of asking you guys kind of where you thought it peaked and where it went downhill, my answer was one hundred percent like the the one after Hogan. Like when it was the three of them, it was super special. This was you know a force in WCW that was you know changing everything, taking over everything. And then they oversaturated it and just it it became stale quickly. The, the only addition after Hogan that I can justify in my head is the giant because he's an enforcer. Really the only one I can really justify, but I will counter argue that as well because you didn't necessarily need an enforcer. Kevin Nash is a hundred feet tall mm-hmm. and that dude is big as fuck. There's your enforcer. So, I mean, it also kind of birthed like the wolf pack too, though, and a lot of other shit that I thought was pretty cool. Well, so I do, I don't, because at the end of the day, like it was a vehicle to get everyone, like if they didn't have something for someone to do, oh, it's someone in NWO. I mean, I agree. I agree. And it ended up being, like he said, oversaturated is a perfect word because it's like every star, let's make, they have to be in it. They have to be in it. Oh, Jeff Jarrett's got to be in it. It's I, like, why? I want to see how short of the short the list is of people who were in WCW that lasted more than a month who weren't in NWO. Fuck, like you said, Nasty Boys were there for two weeks and still managed to be in the fucking NWO. <laughs> Poor Jerry Sags. I don't... So I think you make I, I think you make a, I think you make an interesting point. And and I don't think that it's necessarily wrong. But because it's you know it's your it's your least favorite. You know what I mean? And I, I understand I completely understand where you're coming from. Well, uh, let me let me point it out. I'm not a fan of the NWO pretty much in general. Yeah, okay, yeah. And that's 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 perfectly fine. Um the but the the thing that kind of throws me off in all that is if it's supposed to come in because, you know, it's a playoff of a, a new Japan angle, essentially, it's just a, it's this almost the same angle. And they're coming in as being a new company, right? A new, a, a whole new company that you can't have that play out with three people. So you do have to, you do have to add, I think to the extent that they did add, why? was not not right 
Why do you have to add? Why can't why can't you have three dominant? Because people? you can't have a three person wrestling company, Will. But, but was that how they were trying to broadcast themselves? That, that's, that's that's what yes that was or were they that they, was why they kept on adding. So from my understanding, and so I could be wrong. I thought it was. I have always been under the impression they were. Um, what's a good word to put it? Like basically lone wolves within an entire wrestling company who were taking over said wrestling company, so, which I can still understand yeah, yeah. the argument. I just yeah. when you add three-fourths of your fucking roster to it, it's, it's a little ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's like DX to, to a degree. Like, you keep on adding people to DX, it's going to get oversaturated and it's going to ruin it. And I mean, even having DX come back again, it was like, what's the point? You know what I mean? I Factions, are they only work if you ha- everyone has a role. When you right. start adding people to have people wearing your fucking shirts, is it, mm-hmm. are you strengthening a brand or a company or a faction or are you just promoting your T-shirt that sells the best? Oh, it's a good. Well, t- see, and I think that like when they started adding, you know, Vincent, and then Miss Elizabeth, and you know, all these different people that didn't necessarily need to be added, I didn't, I didn't care for it, but they did need to, they did need to kind of with the way that they were, the way that they're building, and the way that they're trying to post themselves as a new i mean that's why they they had their own pay-per-view they had their own referees like that they, they were taking over and i didn't and like you, that though you can't, I, don't, that, I don't like that yeah but they did they needed more than three people to do it and that's why i say i can justify if i can justify an addition it would be the giant the- I'm, I'm really surprised that everybody's like anti-nwo members horace hogan just escaped the butt you know what I mean? Like he just wandered by. No, like, I'm going to oh, be honest. No. The, only, <laughs> the only reason why I can justify is because Hulk Hogan was staler than a fucking cracker left outside for three fucking months. Damn. Like it was, there was nothing to his gimmick. It was played the fuck out and it was just not a good time. And so for him to turn heel, that was his only choice to stay relevant. And he did it well. Well, and he, he had, he had pitched doing Hollywood Hogan to Vince before he before he left and if that did happen there's nothing like this whole thing never we're not having that conversation right now if vince went yeah i like it let's run with hollywood hogan let's make you heal you know way back way back then but i am i like the nwo was exciting i mean watching it every week it was exciting so i don't know that like saying that i'm certainly not anti-nwo but, I'll take I'll take my server sting error WCW. Thank I you very too. much. But but will you're coming at it from a from a different perspective, right? Yes and no. So I I so let me validate my point of view. I understand how pivotal it was to the wrestling business, especially for exposure and everything like that. I'm just saying it ran its course. They realized it and they didn't have something to continue on that was different so they continued all right what what i was i wasn't i wasn't going from that perspective will i'm going from a perspective that was somebody that was there watching it every monday night because i mean at that point how how old were you like 96 you couldn't have been yeah no i know i i I, I mean i get what you're saying but i watched it all and i have but not not then 
You know what I mean? Not when it was going on. It was, it was something big, man. It was something that was going I'm, on. But Kevin, I'm not saying it wasn't. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is it had its course. And I, there was a point where it was really big, but mm-hmm. there was nowhere else to go with it. The, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. You're right there. And that's, watching... that's where my argument is coming from, is once you got to that point, is they did not know where to go from there. And then that's when you start getting the wolf pack. You get NWO 2000. You just get fucking grasp of air just trying to stay yeah, relevant. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't. Were, they were just trying to lean on what they did successful. That's, and it's some of the same shit that Ron SmackDown has been doing for the past couple of years because I didn't, I didn't care for the wolf pack either. Oh, yeah, no. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, no, no. And I'm not saying that you did by any means. I'm just saying, from like, and I can get it that like I wasn't there. So, but I, I more than most understand the impact that if we didn't have the NWO, wrestling wouldn't be as popular as it is today. Because between NWO and what the fire it sparked in the end or WWE, and I'm not saying like, blah, 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 like WWE's rewritten history. But if it didn't actually spark that war between the two fucking companies, the companies wouldn't have tried to have been better than each other because that's ultimately what it comes down to is they were trying to top each other and they were put into positions where they weren't complacent and had to put out their best product every fucking week. And we had a lot of hot shot booking, just like the same problem we had with AW or uh, AEW and WWE NXT when AEW went to fucking Wednesday nights. It's hot shot booking. And it's not honest. Like if you go back and watch Dyn- or not Dynamite, Nitro and Monday Night Raw chronologically in order from week to week with all the pay-per-views, it's not great all the time. Um, no, there's a lot of episodes of Monday Night Raw where you have about 20 minutes worth of quality TV out of a two-hour program that's cut to about hour 20, hour 30 with commercials. Right. And during that, like during that time period too, one of the things that you tuned in for was also who was going to defect and be part of the new world order. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like no, of, and I that was one of the things that you were like, you have to watch Monday night, you know, you, Nitro. And or, I was I was a raw guy on tape tape nitro. And I watched Nitro right right after, but you had to watch it to see what what was going on there. And I'm sure it was also the same thing where you're like, who's gonna fucking leave WWE to go to or WCW or vice versa? Once yeah. people started leaving WCW to go to WWE. Yeah. Um yeah. And then you it's you have the same situation right now. You know why W or AEW did so well Wednesday? Because it was the first, uh, first fucking show back with live crowds. And if you watch how AEW debuts people, you know their trend. And you knew someone was gonna fucking pop up. And would you look at that? Malachi Black shows up. You know what I'm saying? So and it's like, but you're watching because you you just had that feeling. That someone is going to show up. It's the same thing with the Andrade uh, debut because he uh, came out right after Double or Nothing, right? That uh, follow follow up show, and so it's because every time they've had a big marquee pay per view event, they've always debuted someone directly afterwards. And no. WWE used to be the same way, but and I think that's a whole another train wreck right now. One of the one of the other things that it is important to keep in mind especially when you're looking back at when you're looking back at it is we didn't we didn't have dirt sheets Al, i don't know if you ever had a dirt sheet during this time so i mean it was 
it was destination, man. Monday night, you were in front of the TV. You had to be there. Al, I'd like to get, uh, I'd like to know kind of. I, I disagree with you, here. Kevin. I disagree with you. PW and or Pro Wrestling Illustrated has been out since 1979. Sure, brother. But you, you didn't have it in your fucking hand at any time you wanted it. The real marks did, brother. The real. No, they did not. <laughs> I'll tell you. And this, I've heard so many stories of like historians, like I'll, I'll use, shoot out one name, Brian Last. Brian Last was always in the know back in the day because of the dirt sheets. The dirt sheets have been alive and well. So people, there were rumblings. Melter, how long has Melter actually been the leader of the dirt sheet? Because did he, did he actually come up? Or should, could, uh, but it was, should, it, was uh, a, it was a monthly newsletter that you would get right. mailed to you. He should market the name the King of the Dirt Sheet and like put it on t-shirts and sell it. Yeah. Yeah. I see what Kevin is saying that like right now, if Meltzer writes something, hey, guess what? I've got it. You know, I don't have to wait for my monthly newsletter or anything like that. Um, going back to the when it was must see television, you looked at what Bischoff did trying to get the ratings and you can go into all the backstories of how it was a TV company trying to run a wrestling company. And that's where you got some stuff that was not good as far as wrestling fans are concerned, but he was changing it basically, you know, 15 minute segment by 15 minute segment, trying to just beat the WWF. Mm-hmm. Like he, he was so obsessed with that. So it's all right, we got to do something else, you know, well, we can't I don't know if he can watch ratings live or whatever like that, but you know, get some kind of feel. But he's like, ah, oh, we gotta, we gotta sling something out there, you know, at the the opening fifteen minutes of each hour and the last fifteen minutes of each hour. If you go back and watch those nitros, like they're really trying to spice it up and trying to spot viewerships. Well, and you also can't forget the most iconic quote of all time. Well, that'll really put butts in seats. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that was the that was the quote that 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 changed everything that that, that mm-hmm. quote did but they were it was not it was not new i mean they were giving out results all that they went on they went on air five minutes before before raw did so they could give away the results of mm-hmm. raw when raw was taped i mean they stayed oh, yeah. on they, they had a run after time so they could get that last those viewership you know what i mean those numbers up they did a lot of here and there kind of stuff with with trying to get their their viewers up and i mean some of it was dirty pool man some of it was was absolutely dirty i and so it wasn't like i wasn't trying to rain on your parade or anything i just i know dirt sheets circulated they just weren't as prominent as they were but especially with like taped result like taped draws and stuff like that that's how you end up getting that quote because people already knew because Mm -hmm. the word was circulating like hey they put the belt on mankind you know what I mean? Right. Um, so I was just like, I heard that and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I got I, I mean, a dirt sheets, dirt sheets were not, I mean, uh, as uh, somebody that was, you know, in the mix back then, dirt sheets weren't, I don't know, Al, when, I don't know when you were first exposed to sitting down on a computer and looking up a, a dirt sheet or a rumor mill or anything like that. College. Like it was, yeah. it was college for me. So it was, it was one of those things that, you know, I was always surprised and, Looking at what was transpiring, going back to what Will said earlier, you know, some of this was not great television, but had you lived the era that we did, because I know you and Duke just covered it in the first season, 93 to 94 was not the best time in wrestling 
Oh, Either trust company. me. We have no. a hard time trying to revisit it too. Like, thank you, Kevin, for knocking '93 out for us, so I don't have to talk about it. <laughs> but there's, I mean, I'll tell you, there's been there's a couple eras. Like, anytime we go past 2010, I try to stay away from a lot of shit. Like, like try to catch me watching a pay per view from 2010 specifically. What a rough yeah. year for WWE. So I, I fell out of love for wrestling for a little while. It was 2010. Gotcha. And I, I've never, hundred <laughs> percent my entire life, man. Well, it's like I still had always loved wrestling. I just, uh, especially with my friend groups and everything. Like I know um, a lot of people who were like, "Yeah, I just can't do it right now. Like I need a like a break." You know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. They're not doing anything compelling for me. I'm just not getting anything out of it. And I could just kind of use a break. You know what I mean? Like a tolerance break almost like. And it's I'll tell you, taking a break from wrestling, like there was a, even a few weeks ago, I like went out of my way not to watch wrestling for a day or two. And I was just getting results offline. And then like last night I missed. Well, so spoiler, we're recording this on Saturday. Last night I actually didn't even watch SmackDown. I didn't watch it until this morning. Um, because I was changing breaks and stuff, and I'm happy I did. I had a nice night when I didn't have to, like, every fucking waking second was wrestling. And it was really nice to be able to watch a couple of those matches at two or double speed, man. I don't know what it is, but, like, I love wrestling at double speed. <laughs> I like wrestling slowed down a little bit. That's I'm in the same boat. I want to watch man. that this regular-ass <laughs> speed. I want to be able to get their body language. I want to hear them uh, conversate with each other. I like the aspect of talking, man. I don't even like wrestling. I just like the stories. So, Taylor, what is what is your favorite like NWO moment? Do you have a favorite? So NWO I do. Um, I am a a big basketball guy as well as a Dennis Rodman guy. Oh, so fuck me. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but the idea of him skipping practice to wrestle and honestly, three years in a row, like clockwork, like, you know what? I need a break. I need to distance myself from this horse shit that I do for a living. And I'm just going to disappear. So either that means I'm going to disappear into a strip club with Carmen Electra, or I'm going to go wrestle with Hulk Hogan. Either one, he's kind of a hero. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, if you think wow. about it from that aspect, like, I am a big lover of the celebrity cameo in wrestling, and nobody does okay. it better than Dennis Rodman. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, man. That's uh, Kevin Federline, baby. That's uh, wow. Dennis anybody Rodman remember Kevin Federline in WWE? Oh, yeah. And yep. you got, and you get a tag team match between him and Carl Malone out of this, which I just wish Carl Malone would go fuck off somewhere. You know what I mean? That is, whoa, whoa. All right. I, you know what? Taylor, we're moving on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Al, what do you, you you got a favorite? You got a favorite NWO moment? So, the bash at the beach. I will say this: like, I didn't see the whole show. Uh, my my dad is a pastor of a church, so we caught like as soon as we got out, we had a friend. Hey, we're watching it over here. Just come over. So we're flying over there, like trying mm-hmm. to. All right, we're going to watch and see this happen. And I remember. Uh, it's not necessarily a favorite moment, but it's one of those things that it sticks out in my head when Mean Gene is outside the Outsiders locker room and he's got the microphone. He's like, now it's, I hear a third voice. It's a muffled voice and it sounds familiar, but I can't, I can't tell you (laughs) who it is exactly, but it does sound familiar. 
He's like, well, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell who that is. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Uh, Will, you got the favorite NWO moment? Yeah, when they broke up. <laughs> okay. All right. Interesting. He is on sniper assassin mode today, isn't he? Yeah, he's a little saucy. He's yeah, he's just saucy. taking headshots at everybody. everybody I'm, dude, I'm just telling you. He just got it loaded up in his sights, all three of us. He's like, oh, you said oh. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> Not like you're you're keeping anything specifically built up inside, Taylor. So there's that. That's good to hear. You know, you, you really learned to, or learned to forgive and forget. So there's that. <laughs> No, I, if I'm being honest, I mean, they had their moments. Like, it was cool and everything. I, I think the – I can't give you a specific moment if I had to pick a moment I did really enjoy, but it was like a period of time. And it was the whole, like, uh, Crow Sting transformation and him just being fucking weird and emo in the balconies, just staring at him, like, mouthing weird shit when the cameras were away. Because, you know, he was mouthing, like, Hulk Hogan, let the kids behind the bleachers. <laughs> That's why he wears the trench coat because he's trying to kiss everybody. <laughs> so yeah, that's I'll go with that or breaking up. Either one, you pick. Yeah, I wouldn't pick either one of those. Uh, what? <laughs> you don't like Sting just trying to kiss everyone? Fuck, Kevin. Come over here, that let was, me smooch you. That was <laughs> getting all in there, getting sensual. Come yeah, on. he is getting all in there, if you know what I mean. That looks like he's trying to smooch everybody from the balcony again. Let's go up there and see what he's doing. And then he has a serious face as soon as they get to him. And Tony Schiavone just looks like an idiot every fucking week. <laughs> That's usual. Damn. <laughs> hey, man, so, he didn't put his life on the line at Starbucks for you to call him an idiot on fucking podcast worlds. The My my favorite, I think, NWO moment, and it didn't really, it wasn't very helpful or beneficial but the the nwo sold out pay-per-view when they when they pitched that as that's a nwo pay-per-view and they have nwo officials and it was that was different man and the the entryway was different like everything about it was different and that was to see them do something like that within the w like within wcw company you started to think like shit maybe they are actually you know, taking this over. Maybe they are getting the, you know, getting their run. Maybe this, we're not going to be watching any WCW in the future. So that, and that pay-per-view is the beginning of it's pretty gnarly. The, the, the commentary on it's really rough, but there was some good matches in it and it was, it was an enjoyable, it was an enjoyable thing to watch. So I think my moment would be that sold out pay-per-view. Beginning of it's the worst to me when they're riding yeah. in on the trash trucks and yeah. we're sold out. Like everybody, yeah. they don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my hands. It's right. Ricky Bobby moment. <laughs> Kevin's probably sitting here going into this fucking podcast like, yeah, Al's at least going to be on my side. Well, it's it's so it, it, it's different. It's different because <laughs> when we talk about some of these things, as much as I would like to be able to explain the feeling you can. Of, of watching it, you know, every week and actually being in the being in the fucking meat of it. I can't explain that that feeling to you uh, and, and being like just being in there. And and Al, I know, was Al was in there. And I don't know, Al, if you could explain, explain that feeling, you know, on a weekly kind of a basis. So it, it got us. I know. And 
like I had one older brother and it got us back. We watched wrestling, you know, in that 93, 94 era when it was borderline unwatchable. I mean, everything was stale. They didn't know what to do. And, you know, there was a lot of talent and just it wasn't falling in line because you had the explosion in the 80s and early, you know, that early 91, 92 that, you know, everything Hulk Hogan saying prayers, take your vitamins, you know, all these different things that made wrestling explode. And then it got stale for a while. And even Hulk Hogan got stale in WCW. And when this came about, like, like you were saying, it was much must see TV, like just so much energy. Like we're trying to leave basketball practice as quickly as possible. We always had to end basketball practice shooting free throws. And it was like, if you guys make us miss the first minutes of Nitro, like we're, we're going to stab you kind of thing <laughs> because it was that big to us. And like I said, you know, it's really hard to put into words of how you felt watching it because, you know, I was oblivious. I, I didn't have dirt sheets in my hand. I didn't have, you know, there wasn't the Twitter and Facebook where everything's getting broadcast as soon as it happens that, you know, so you anticipated that, that that's really changed today. Not to say that there's not good wrestling and enjoyable wrestling, but you have so much at your fingertips that, there's not as many shock and awe moments. I'll give you I'll give you guys an opportunity to make fun of me because of my age now, but I do get it because uh, like when I was watching wrestling like at least I watched wrestling during the era where not necessarily Raw versus WCW, you know what I mean? Uh, but I do remember when Raw and SmackDown were competing and they actually handled it correctly. You know what I mean where you could like go, "Oh, well, I prefer SmackDown or I prefer Raw." I had for the and you guys are going to fucking laugh for the longest time. I actually preferred Raw. <laughs> and so it's like, but, you know, it wasn't like, hey, we do the draft a month before Survivor Series. So it's T-shirt time. Everyone get their T-shirts and defend their brand because they got a shirt that says they care about this brand, which is what we're getting these days. Back in the day, like you would have your separate pay-per-views. You know what I mean? You would have your big four and then like maybe another pay-per-view or two in which you got both brands. But usually when you put both brands on a show, there was some sort of, uh, some sort of competitive nature between the two brands. You know what I mean? So I understand because you were always like survivor series, you'd root for your fucking, your preferred brand. And for me, it'd be wrong. Now all I watch is really SmackDown or NXT, but I do suffer through raw every week. I, I also had the uh, the crutch of an older brother that watched wrestling, and I maybe was a little bit younger than I wanted to be when this was going on. I was probably under eight, under seven. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't. I was into it because my brother was into it, and that's why a lot of times I kind of come off as a little uneducated because I did take a long break from wrestling, where I didn't really watch wrestling and missed a lot, but. I do remember having that. We were a WWF household. You know what I mean? We had the WWF ring. We had all the WWF action figures that we would swing off the ropes. You know what I mean? But we did have that belt too, that fake belt with the fucking spray paint on the motherfucker. So if there are things that come from both sides that last. Uh, suck it. You know what I mean? Like there are things that transcend time. By the way, and the spray painting of the big gold belt is the most disrespectful thing in the world. Fuck you, Hulk. Is it the most disrespectful thing or is it the most badass thing in the world? Because <laughs> I, I tend to lean towards badass. The big gold belt is the most prestigious <laughs> title in all of history. That's why he's a bad guy. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> you know what? I'll take a I'll take any chance I get to take a shot at Terry Belia. So 
I'm taking it. Well, then you better go watch his movies because he's a fine actor. <laughs> Have you read the book on the big gold belt, Will? I I need to. I need to. I'm so bad at reading. I like actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 said I'm so bad at reading. <laughs> well, I was saying a complete sentence, and then some <laughs> asshole next to me decided to start laughing. <laughs> in the the asshole of Minnesota started laughing too. I. <laughs> you know what? I'm so bad at reading. <laughs> I'm so bad at finding time to read. How about that, Taylor? At least I can pronounce Ole Anderson's fucking name. Bam! He's got, he's got you there. <laughs> Listen, man, you got a sniper rifle. I got a sniper rifle. We can just shoot about each other. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I, I want to. It's on my list. I But it's, I like I said, I do have a hard time sitting down and actually finding the time to read a book. That's why, like, a lot of the time when I do my research or, like, my... Like just trying to find out more history. I try to find audio formats more so than anything, mm -hmm. but I do really want to read it. I hate reading. So will you screenshot the important parts and send it to me in a text? You won't even <laughs> sure. fucking read that, Taylor. <laughs> so I, I have a I, question. Uh, I would like to. I would kind of like to run by everybody because obviously we know. You know, we know that the NWO was was pulled off of the the New Japan gimmick. We understand that, and we understand kind of what they were what they were going with. And I I don't like the brand split of Raw and SmackDown. I never have liked the brand split. I've always thought that they would do much better if they were to take and make SmackDown WCW, bring back the, the big gold belt, make it, I mean, we know it's one company, but make it something completely different. I, I just, I wanted to get kind of what everybody thought about about that because i really i hate that it is like i've never liked the brand split it's one company one champion but having it be just a show champion like a monday night raw champion and a friday night smackdown champion i, that's I what can't they have. I, I, right no and that's what i mean like i can't get behind that thought but if they were to actually split them and make it friday night whatever you want to call the wcw show and wwe monday night raw how do you think that would work? And would you, do you think that would work? No, because it'd be the same product, just different names. The reason no, why. I, no, I no, 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 that. no. Let me, let me finish my point. <laughs> well, the last time I didn't get to finish what I was fucking saying, apparently I don't know how to read anymore. Uh, you so, know, I actually know that for a fact. Um, no, it's you. It's. If you have problem with how they do separate them, you'd have the same problem with us calling one WCW, one WWE, because at the end of the day, it's being produced by the same company. The reason why the split worked with WCW versus WWE, because you had two different companies that looked at wrestling completely different, producing wrestling shows. First and foremost, WWE is not producing a wrestling show. They're producing sports entertainment. Fucking Ted Turner's whole thing was, hey, we're a wrestling company. We like to produce wrestling. And then you had the powers that be, a.k.a. Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Eric Bischoff, all those people that had those beautiful contracts where they could do whatever the fuck they want and tell people they weren't going to fucking lay down for people. Then you had WCW as it was. And that's why it worked, because it was two different people. And that's in essence, you do have that today with AW versus WWE, but it's not really a versus thing at the end of the day. Like I can't get with that because yeah, they, 
it's always going to be a, us versus them because they do the same thing and they're not under the same fucking payroll. But it, are they? Or it does seem a lot of the time, AEW, yeah, you can reference back to that Eddie Kingston talking shit about WWE a couple weeks ago. But of course they're going to talk shit about the other company. Fuck, you're, you want your favorite football team to talk shit about another football team, right? Nah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't. Want oh, okay. So you you want the Lions to be like, oh yeah, the Packers are the greatest team. In the I world. don't have a problem with. Uh, it, look, it, last year this is a perfect example. Aaron Rodgers said some nice stuff about Matt Stafford, and honestly, like I for a moment in in my mind, I was like, maybe I won't kick this dude in the nuts if I meet him. But part of the reason, part of the alert of football for most people is being hundred percent for their team. Like I am a ride or die Bucks fan, and I will literally throw fucking hands with anyone. Who really, really wants to be a shithead? But that's you know not, what I mean. Tom Brady and Drew Brees were on the field hugging each other last year, and they're why is there a problem? Like, why can't we just compete? I can hate well, then you. let's take another sport. Then let's talk about fucking hockey. Then because okay, they, I'm they, out they will, on that one because I have no fandom. So. They will literally throw hands on the ice. But like, after the game, it's still just a sport most of the time. Not really. I, did, <laughs> did you hear Nikita Kucherov? Or Kucherov? He was like, "Yeah, their last series was in the fucking or their final was in the last series." The minute they came up to us, they acted like they were fucking winning because, or they won the series because they won one fucking game. And I want to point out that he was specifically talking shit about Sami Zayn because Sami Zayn was at that game. Poor Sami Zayn. He's just having a bad <laughs> life lately. Talk about your last two months. Look at Sami Zayn's last two months. This man's just getting conspiracied against. Well, hey, Nobody's... at least he got to be at the one fucking game they won. That poor guy, dude. He... I feel like Kevin's going to explode on us. <laughs> so... Will, uh, what I was what I was gonna say there. Oh yeah, uh, in the middle of me saying something. Will you didn't answer? <laughs> you didn't answer the question I was asking. Uh, much oh okay. Like, much like NXT has a different presentation, it has a different championship belt. That is my like. That is what I'm going with. I we all understand that NXT is still WWE, but the different presentation, the different championship belt. That is what, not. Like that was, that was what my question was. That's where I was angling it. That's why I wanted to clarify what I was saying. I still answered it though, because at the end of the day, Vince doesn't touch NXT. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not involved. So at the end of the day, unless you put completely different people in charge of this new brand, which Vince wouldn't, if it's on Vince's main channel and it's being promoted like one of his babies, I, it, if it's SmackDown or raw that you're turning to WCW, I don't think the presentation changes. Okay, I want to go ahead and uh, show again my gla glaring lack of knowledge. Uh, so in Raw is War Days, they were both still ran by Vince. There weren't two different people running the shows. What do you mean? Were they both still written and produced by Vince and Gorilla during the Raw is War Days? WCW? So, no, WWF. Yeah, so there Raw was no SmackDown well, at that in, time. There in the ascent it was, yeah. was what it debuted in 99, right? Uh, I believe so, but yeah, there was no SmackDown whenever the the main yeah. Monday Night Wars were going down. Yeah, there was no SmackDown. Okay, no okay, NXT. that's like, that's why I was kind of confused because I knew in the 2000s we had both because yeah. I can remember Rock was kind of jumping, wasn't he, from both sides? Yeah. So yeah, so, I knew I had a glaring lack of knowledge. I was just a little confused there, so I just wanted to get my confusion out of the way. Go ahead. So with. A different presentation i'm talking like different different stage 
different ring look different like different everything you know what i mean like that's kind of where that's kind of where my thought process was i'm talking about making it because right now you have you do have ron smackdown but they're they're very much they're very similar in a lot of ways can can you get vance out of the way is my biggest thing he's almost 80 years old he's yeah he's gonna be that doesn't mean anything he's gonna Uh, he's gonna die on the bench like a judge even even then with that with that point of view kevin you still had that raw and smackdown couldn't have been more parallel from how they actually were presented especially like let's look at 2002 2003 smackdown look look at the same era of raw completely different stage sets completely different announced team completely different they had what which or brand it was raw that had the big gold belt they had the big gold belt and yeah. they they were even presented differently because you had SmackDown as the workhorse show and you had Paul Heyman pre- presenting it. And then uh, I don't know, I, it was probably Bruce Pritchard or someone like that in control of fucking Raw. And they they couldn't be more different. And we've even seen that watching it back for before you were jaded. Like so, you've had that experiment and it didn't work. Brady, I, think it, more, I think it was more appealing. It was, in, but in my in my opinion, and and they and they tried it again, and it, they were doing it wholeheartedly until pandemic. And I mean, even it can the argument can be made that they're still doing it; it's still happening. The only thing is, they don't have different sets for each shows because they literally cannot have different sets because of their position. But I mean, up until we went to the PC, Ron SmackDown had different sets because of how their sets are set up these days. It's a little hard to look dramatically different from each other, but they definitely di- had different appeals to each show. And even now, you're still having it because SmackDown is miles away from fucking Raw do as far think, as product. Do you think that the and different I, setups are going to really start to show up again now that we're on the road again? I we really have to wait a week so. to find out. I would, I would like to, like in my mind, I would love to see Titan Sports presents. WWE Monday Night Raw, Titan Sports presents WCW, fucking Friday Night, whatever, whatever it is, Friday Nitro. You know what I mean? Like I would love to see something like that. That would, that would certainly, and I think that the nostalgia effect would also help. I don't, I don't know. It's, I guess maybe it's just a preference. Do you want the solution think, of that? I'm sorry, Al. You can go first. Well, well I was going to say I think that if you made it two separate companies, because one of the things a little mini soapbox here is there's too many championships in WWE. Mm-hmm. You know, the NXT, like Will said, being a separate entity and it doesn't have Vince's fingerprints just all over it makes it, you know, the stronger product of the three. I know SmackDown has picked up a lot of steam lately and Roman and Bailey are. Res- you know, oh kinda, man, man, that makes me sad. Yeah. But that's one of the things that like, you know, if you didn't oversaturate it and my biggest thing, looking back at that 93 to 97 era, you know, Vince was vehemently against Brett versus Owen because, you know, one of the things he said, and I think Pritchard shared it on his, well, brothers don't fight. I'm like, what house have you lived in in your life? Cause you know, my brother and I, we fought all the time. And, you know, that being the younger brother, that's one of the things. But when Vince stepped out of the way and really let the Attitude Era become what it could be, you know, the, the downfall of WCW was that booking committee. You know, I think one of you guys mentioned it that, well, I'm not going to take a fall for this guy. I'm not going to. 
do what's best for business because I'm going to do, I'm in business for myself here. So if you can separate those entities, I think you could have a shot with a WCW, WWE product. So, so I have the solution to it. Well, one, and I'll counterpoint your argument. I do yeah. agree to a degree there's too many titles, but there's just enough. But you don't want to know why there's so many titles because they can't book compelling storylines that don't involve a title. Uh, but <laughs> but you want to you want to solve the problem with, uh, you know, the shows seem or blending into each other. You two things. You give Bruce Richard one show, not both, because he's producing both. Mm-hmm. You get writing staff that cares because the writing staff doesn't. And it's this isn't that whole drawn out conversation. Oh, we're hiring people that don't know wrestling, so they can't write wrestling. It's not that, dude. You're hiring people that don't know wrestling and don't care. That's the difference. Like the reason why it worked for when it did, like going back to our previous conversation, um, was at least, you know, you had one side that was like, hey. Yeah, like we want to make ours the better product and vice versa. That's why that SmackDown Raw, um, you know, whole gimmick worked back in the day because the writing rooms actually took it seriously. Now you just have people and it's probably the same writing staffs for both fucking shows too that are going and writing Raw and SmackDown every week and they're just not even thinking about it. They're just plugging and playing names. That's all they're doing. They have like a board of gimmicks. They have a board of storylines and then they're like, how can we make it fresh? Oh, we take this person and this person, and then they do this. You know, like, like I was on, I was in a fucking argument with someone on Twitter earlier today about Kevin Owens, and he was like trying to tell me that, like, I love Kevin Owens, probably without question, my favorite current wrestler in WWE, despite him not really doing anything of meaning in years. But he was trying to like say like how WWE booked him so well and how like. When he was brought up from the main roster, it was great. But he fucking, he beat John Cena for the U.S. title in a storyline in which he was upset at John Cena because his son liked him. Really? I could understand if it's fucking some Joe Schmo, but Kevin Owens was literally the NXT champion and one of the most dominant champions you had ever seen in NXT up until that point. Won the title from John Cena and then dropped it to him the next meeting and then lost on the third meeting. And then he was like, oh, well, he was a fucking champion for like the first two years. Yeah, his last major title run was in 2017, and he lost in 22 seconds to Goldberg. Wait a Hasn't minute. Hasn't held a title since. He fought for the title against Roman this last year. And those Did were good win? matches. No, but no one's going to beat Roman. You can't beat him right but now. But that's, that's what I'm saying. He's just used his like, uh, meaningful opponent. Everybody on SmackDown is. Except for Roman. There's not a person in the show that could go over Roman. But I'm, I'm sorry to kind of go on a uh, rap bunny trail, but I, I want your opinion on this, guys, because I think we are under the consensus that Raw is a little stale. Imagine, imagine, uh, it's been getting better the past couple weeks, but holy shit, Taylor. Three weeks. It was bad, three weeks. Three. It was bad for a year before that. Fuck off. Three weeks, uh, three whole weeks, a whole month that we're on the right track and people are still opening their pants and taking a dump in a bucket. Oh, wow. A month is now three weeks. Okay. So going forward, going forward, it is I, in February. imagine you switch Kevin Owens and Bobby Lashley. Put Kevin Owens at the forefront of what raw is doing right now. That's a champion with gas in the tank and a fucking a plethora of good storylines who doesn't need someone to talk for him. 
I just imagine Kevin Owens like in the suit and the sunglasses, like Bobby Lashley with all the women around him, and like the lead of the hurt business is like the funniest thing to think about. Like, imagine MVP, like he's just like, What's up, Kevin? And he's like, Hey man. <laughs> all right. Apparently, this has gone not where I was going. So I'll get all this frustration out because I see him about to explode. What's that? Unload it, Kevin. Unload oh, it. I didn't have a bunch of frustrations to unload. I think that, uh, like, t- saying that the writing room doesn't care in a blanket statement, I don't think that's fair to the that that's necessarily not fair to the writers. Um, I actually I did like the I did like the Kevin Owens storyline when he was upset about his kid being a fan of John Cena. I thought I thought that was something that a lot of people could could kind of sink their teeth into. And I mean, the promo that he cut when he started speaking French. I mean, the, it was great. And I actually, I really enjoyed that, that storyline very much. I think that the, the product has always had peaks and valleys. The shows have always had peaks and valleys. And right now, I mean, talking to somebody that's only missed one Monday Night Raw since the show started. Uh, I think right now we're definitely in a valley but I do think that we're we're gonna be start we're gonna start heading up, and I think it's I think it's gonna be soon. We already started heading up three weeks ago. Oh God, oh God. I uh, I'll this will be my opinion on it. And we won't go too much further into it. Um, I can see exactly where you're coming from, Kevin. My biggest issue with it is you booked Kevin Owens one way and. NXT and you were having him being presented that way week after week in NXT still but when you saw him on Raw he was a man dealt with insecurities but when you saw him on NXT he didn't give a single fuck about what anyone thought and so then you put him on Raw and he's just overwhelmed because his son likes John Cena it's I just there was a glaring hole in how he was presented two different places in one time you know what I mean it was a different character Right, and putting him in the ring, I mean, at that point, NXT was strictly a WWE Network show, uh, and it wasn't certainly doing the numbers that Monday Night Raw was. So, by and large, that that bigger audience that maybe doesn't have the network and not familiar with Kevin Owens, you do have to kind of maybe present him in a little different light because uh, you're not going to have him show up and just tear through John Cena. If that, Wish you know he would I mean? have though. What a great story that would have been. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought it was, it was enjoyable. Like I enjoy, and I enjoy Kevin's work just in general. So this has been an interesting conversation that kind of spiraled into a cornfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I think that we've kind of covered everything. Did we miss anything here? Are we, are we, there's anything you want to go back and cover as far as the NWO or Kevin Owens or Will not being able to read or? Uh, I mean, I would. (laughs) Damn you, Al. Damn you. I was trying to make everyone forget that it happened and you brought it back up. (laughs) I think that the, like, just speaking as somebody again, that was, that watched it every week. The NWO was great. It, It was great for for kind of launching the business almost relaunching wrestling again and it was very very intriguing week to week and i i i really loved it at the time do you think and this is one of the things because i've been sitting here thinking still trying to go back to the nwo in my head with it making nitro must see tv Mm -hmm. you know every week you know everybody you know wanting to tune in 
Raw had to step up their game. Mm-hmm. We usher in the Attitude Era. Without the NWO, I mean, like you can do transitive property type stuff and say, well, without the NWO, you would have never had the Attitude Era. Right. Would you have wrestling on network television right now? Whoo! I think I touched on that earlier, and I, I yeah. do admit, like, without it, I don't know if we would have gotten to the level we were, especially right. with where wrestling was at that point. It was very quickly falling out of relevancy. A bigger thing, mm-hmm. maybe Hulk Hogan as a whole. We don't mm-hmm. have to give. We don't have to boost t- Terry's fucking ego anymore here. I mean, I guess not. He probably has had a lot of boosting over the years, but I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think that there. I know that the things that he's said in the past have been kind of rough, but as far as most influential person in wrestling, he might be. I disagree. Who's your most influential then? Not him. Who though? There's who? Who is Will's taking emotion? He's taking. I understand. I get what you're saying, Will, and I know where you're coming from. No, we can throw a couple names out there: Andre the Giant, Ric Flair. Um, Andre the Bruno, Giant's Bruno career San was Martino. a little short, though. Don't you think most of those guys is career? I still got more names, bitch. Bruno San Martino. Lou no, Fez. no person over the Vern Gagne. age of twenty-five knows who he is unless they're a super wrestling mark. No person. Just because. Okay, so you're talking about influence or like That's what they've what done made for, the company survive. Just in a low point, but if you, if we didn't have the AWA with Vern Gagne, do you think wrestling would have got to the point where Hulk Hogan could fucking make a name for himself? Fair enough, but I mean, like, or what I all mean the is... people in the territory days that kept wrestling alive through the fucking 40s, 50s, uh, 60s. I guess, but are those the people that kept the influence for people that are outside of wrestling? Is what I mean. That keep drawing the money into it. You could even, I would have put in a Hulk Hogan's not getting any fucking money to wrestling anymore. Not now, but if if the whole thing is like, listen, go talk to my dad and be like, what do you know about wrestling? Someone that doesn't like wrestling, uh, you know, maybe in the 80s. You know what I, I mean? It's just, hey, what do you know about wrestling? You know the what, first though? thing that's going to come out is Hulk Hogan. Do you know Hulk Hogan almost ruined the wrestling business too with the steroid trial? But we're not going to talk about that, are we? I mean, I guess if you want to, but... Because the steroid trial almost ruined wrestling. But that Did it? Because I don't, I don't know. Thank you, Al. I'll tell him about it. Why don't you tell well, him about the steroid trial? <laughs> I mean, you know, it was where essentially the sports entertainment was born because if you were having at the time a competitive sport, you know, and up until that steroid trial, they were still trying as best they could to maintain the kayfabe of that, you know, not peel back too much of the curtain, you know, to let you see the, the wizard himself. But it was one of those things that that's where Vince had to finally say, all right, it's sports entertainment. It's not wrestling. It's not competitive wrestling. It's entertainment. And that's how he got out of the steroid trial. Because, I mean. Hogan, I love steroids. I'm all in. <laughs> okay, this went somewhere else. <laughs> Shoot me up, baby. Woo! Have you seen John Witherspoon's bit on steroids? The guy no. that was uh, the dad on Friday. Oh, I know who John that, Witherspoon is, yeah. but I haven't seen that bit. You, you need to find it. If you were on Instagram, I could send it to you. I am. Because you are? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will, oh. I will have to. Your artwork's on Instagram, and you don't even know it. So, betrayed <laughs> again, because I'm on Facebook, and I get a message from Taylor. Wait, you're on Facebook? Yeah, <laughs> this stick, this stick. I've been messaging him on Twitter for two months. I didn't even know he had a Facebook. I made a heartfelt post whoa, on the whoa, Jaded whoa, Wrestling whoa. Fa- Facebook, and I was like, listen, 
our our friend Al is this incredible artist. He doesn't have a Facebook, so I can't shout him out the way I want to, but he's just a brilliant artist. Like, this is his art. And then I get a fucking friend request from him. I'm this just, asshole liked it. He liked the post. I'm just I'm just putting out there that you say, oh, I've been messaging him on Twitter as if you don't have his phone number. Well, I don't ever, I don't know which number is which. I don't save any numbers in the chat. Oh, so God. <laughs> I know yours is 505. <laughs> so i'm like okay that's cool sorry i just gave three numbers of the 10 away you know what i just found out this is why taylor didn't know we were having a discussion today <laughs> because he doesn't even know who he's fucking talking to listen i'm at work and i'm grinding brother i'm grinding like tony hawk i ain't got always got time to talk why to don't you, you fellas. save our phone numbers right now because i don't want to do that i don't even have my boss's numbers saved when they call i'm like hello they're like hey can you do this i'm like oh it's okay i got you yeah i know who you are now so I'm going to take that point since we're not Taylor's real friends. It's probably in this podcast. I didn't have Any my wife saved in thoughts? there either. So she had to save herself in the phone. She went in the phone and saved her own name in there. Well, is this one we're getting random messages about like packs of sodas and different things? On the yeah, I, I looked at the chat and I tried to send it to my other phone because I got two phones anyway so i have two phones and i was trying to send one to the other phone and instead i sent it to the group chat because everybody kept texting all the time and i didn't realize where i was that's on me I, i'm sorry but you did get a nice message of a list of things that i was going to stock on a shelf <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> what a weird great conversation this has been i hope everyone enjoys it oh boy will will left yeah he's mad he said fuck all kogan and then he walked out of the room <laughs> He is saucy today. <laughs> he's got, he's, he's, uh, I, I prefer my will, uh, you know, soft and sweet. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I'm, uh, you got to rub his back, Taylor. He's got his, uh, he's got his eggs and he's pouring hot sauce on him to get himself steamed up. <laughs> so I got to go pretty soon. I don't know about you guys. We've been talking for about an hour and a half, two hours, haven't we? Oh, wow. Wow. It's been a long time. Like we start. Okay. It's been about an hour and 20 minutes. So I was, okay. I was a little shooting. So, I mean, we've been over here for about an hour and a half. I want to wrap it up. Anybody want to start their Twitter shit? I've already said we're wrapping it up, Taylor. Have you not been fucking paying attention to the conversation well, we're having left. in person? I just, I told him that you already left. You know, I was just saying, well, I prefer you soft and sweet. Yeah, I do too. I need some more of those like soft, sweet Snickers, Will, instead of this like hard candy, angry, throw Ooh, it at your face, Will. Someone buy me a car then. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me just go dip into my retirement, I guess. Fuck your retirement. I don't even have a retirement. I blew it all last week. At God Fieri. Taylor Hassler one. Jobin Rogue and at Year of Pod. At Redbeard Pirate one and at Tots Pod. Oh, yeah. And at Jay Dude Rasslin. Yeah. Oh, Duke underscore bags. Shout out Duke. <laughs> I've got him embedded with that one. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Duke for sure. Uh, do you guys have a, what's coming out next for you guys? Todd's pod year of tell us. Uh, we just, we, we got the, the preview show was out and we're, we're starting our voyage. We're going from WrestleMania 13 to WrestleMania 14. So it is a very, very intriguing year of wrestling a lot of a lot of movement a lot of moving pieces and it is i think one of one of the most fondly looked back on years of, of wrestling so we're excited to kind of kind of run back through it i'm excited to join you on that journey anything you got to tell me about tots al or art so what are you doing episode uh it'll be coming out as episode three where we uh i've got the notes from episode three here in front of me uh we're gonna fantasy book a figure line. I forgot we had done that, Kevin. So it's been a hot minute. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, there's uh, we covered the series two of the LJN line, which Fuck Taylor yeah. you'll like because uh, there's a lot of nip meat when it comes to King Kong Bundy on that. Let's line. go, let's go. So. <laughs> nipple meat rating, give me one. What's King Kong Bundy's nipple meat rating? Two. Uh, it's out of ten. So I mean, just let me just put that out there. Uh, out of ten, so ten is the high, right? Yeah, ten so is like, the highest, like the most nipple meat you can have. Uh, Big Daddy V is the only 10, by the way. Yeah. I would say Bundy's up there, the seven or eight range. Okay. Okay. That's a strong yeah. nipple meat candidate. So everybody check out uh, Todd's pod. That's going to be coming out soon. Uh, Will, what do you got to tell us? What are we watching for before you were jaded this Friday? Slammiversary 10. Hell yeah. Slammiversary 10. And uh, we got all kinds of content. Interviews are coming out uh, bi-weekly still. Okay. So with the interviews, until we really, really get booked the fuck out, we're booked out for the month. Uh, me and Kev are, and then I'll be popping there every once in a blue moon. Uh, but yeah, until we get booked out, there's not a super regular schedule for interviews, uh, but they should be bi-weekly coming up in the next couple of weeks. But well, our next one uh, is Jake Sterling. Okay. And then Kevin's got some in the clock. Hell clock. yeah. So yeah, when, clock, that's what I meant to say. When sure. we get an update on when that'll be, I'm sure I'll post it on Facebook. I'm sure Will will hit the Twitter with it. You guys will see it coming, Jake Sterling. Um, obviously we are giving you a ton of content. Please listen, please subscribe, please leave a review. We love you. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon. Okay.